When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It is finally here. It is finally here. Well, in 48 hours, it is finally here. We're close. Yes. We're close. Close enough. As far as we're concerned, the Carlin versus Joe universe, which is where we live in our own little bubble, we are finally here. And that is. Our Super Bowl show. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joseph, how are you, my friend? I'm well. I feel like I've rounded out the prop list to the exact point I want it for today's show. We've given out a few props over the course of the week. We will, of course, rehash those for the beautiful listeners. We've got more to add, six minimum. Some more could be coming, but ultimately it feels like a very strong list. It feels like a robust list. More importantly, it feels like a winning list. Okay, I like that. Um, listen, I, I know that just a little while ago on Greeny, you went off a little bit on the Hembo situation. Just want to let you know he's going to do the last two hours of the show. What Hembo situation? That that Hembo gets as much airtime as he does. It's, it's, it's staggering. And you are sitting there and waiting to talk. Staggering that they were breaking down. They were doing two Hembo trivia questions per day Super Bowl week. So, you know, waiting to join the show. They're working through the trivia question. I'm looking up on the TV. Uh, the Get Up replay is on ESPN2. They're doing a Hembo trivia question. It's like everywhere I look, Stephen A. Smith, beat it. Scott Van Pelt, beat it. Mike Greenberg beat it. Yeah. It's Paul Hembo's network now. Yeah, give me Hembo. Give me Hembo all the time. How did that happen? Is that what we were going for? By the way, Hembo Hammer today, 1.30. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very much looking forward to it. He's had some good ones this week. Well, <laughs> speaking of good ones, we should have a good one on Sunday. I'll be very disappointed if this is not a really good football game. Joseph, so I guess the question becomes, what is on the line Sunday? You know, where do we find ourselves Sunday as we prepare for this game and you get to a point where you've got two teams that have so much there right in front of them, but at the same time, uh, you've got teams that have something to prove, something that is right there for them. As you look at this now, give me a sense about what you see as far as the best player in this game and what is on the line for Patrick Mahomes this week? We've talked about the quarterbacks ad nauseum the last two weeks, and rightfully so. They're the great storylines. They're great talking points. Two very different quarterbacks with very different backgrounds and very different resumes. And as you sort through one specific element of Mahomes' resume, which is two Super Bowl wins, he has an opportunity on Sunday to level up. Now, when we talk big picture about him versus Brady, that's a conversation. But right now, sitting on two Super Bowl wins, Mahomes is tied with guys like Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Steve Young, John Elway, Jim Plunkett, Bob Greasy, Roger Staubach, Bart Starr, to name the majority. That's a great list of quarterbacks who have gone out there and won themselves two Super Bowls. You win a third, you level up to Earl Morrill, Troy Aikman. That's it in the three category. 
And then above you, Bradshaw with four, Montana with four, and then the Grand Poobah. Tom Brady was seven. That's an incredible distinction that at this point in his career, because we always look at these timelines. Look at what Mahomes has done by this age. Look at what Brady did. Look at what Manning did by this age. We compared Peyton Manning to Lamar Jackson. Remember when we did that? Well, you know, Manning hadn't done a whole lot playoff-wise, just like Lamar. You get the three Super Bowl wins, and you already pass the careers of Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Steve Young, and John Elway. We're having a wildly different conversation Monday, and it becomes harder and harder to debunk any of the Mahomes and the mystique when you throw a number like that out there. Does it feel like it's something to prove for Mahomes to you? No. Right? I mean, like, you could see him playing a great game and them losing 31-28, and do we come away saying, man, Mahomes... Maybe we overthought this one. Not really. He could play great and they could lose. That has happened before. I don't think Mahomes has a damn thing to prove. I really don't. I think Mahomes has something to chase. Mm. I think that's what he's doing with this. Something to prove. I don't know how much more you can prove in your first six seasons when you've won two, you've been to a third, and you've been to six six straight AFC championship games when you've been the starter. I mean, that is ridiculous. I think by any stretch. And there's only one other guy that's been in that kind of a stretch, and it's been Brady. And when I'm Mahomes, that is not something I am trying to prove yet. Maybe down the line, right now it's Chase. And and that Chase has got to continue to be important to him uh, as far as where his team is. And it, it takes me back to earlier this year when we heard Joe Burrow Ask the question, well, are you worried at all about how big the Bengals' window is? And his response was, the window is open as long as I'm here. Yep. Well, really, truly, the window is open as long as Patrick Mahomes is here. And that's why, for me, when I'm starting to look at how wide that Chiefs window is, when you look at, you tie in everything that is uh, involved, salary cap, all that kind of stuff, uh, you think about Brady These were things that it just turned out that the window was open as long as he was there. It's the same thing here because I I safely say that in the last month of the year of the regular season, we didn't expect the Chiefs to be here. Yet here they are. Yeah. And they're there be they are here because of that dude. And there were a few Patriot teams where we were like that as well. Yeah. Where you just thought, nah, this isn't the year. There's somebody else in the AFC and Brady would grind them through. And then sure enough, at the end, you just throw your hands up and it's like, I don't know why we thought it would be anything different. Agree, something to chase. I do think there's something to prove here. As I look at this list, I see Troy Aikman with three Super Bowl wins. If you were to knock Aikman, and I'm not saying we want to knock Aikman, but it's very easy to go, well, Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, one of the greatest offensive lines of all time, elite defense, Jimmy Johnson, right? If you look at Terry Bradshaw with his four Super Bowl wins, very similar. You can list off the supporting cast. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. He had guys like Roger Craig. He had elite defenses. It's not to devalue any of them. But this is the Super Bowl that Mahomes can win through a different path than ever before. Truly putting, should we say, the least capable of all the teams he's been on, on his back and running through the AFC playoffs en route to a Super Bowl win. Think about it for a second. You had one game. How often has Mahomes played in the wild card round? 
Let's look that up if we get a chance, unless anyone knows it offhand. Because generally, he's grabbing a one seed, he's getting a bye. Well, this is the first time he had a, a road playoff game. That's going to be point number two. So right. he plays in the wild card round at home, wins against Miami. We don't see that very often. He normally has the advantage of the rest. Then he has to go on the road against the Bills. He's an underdog. We don't see that very often. He wins that game. Then he has to go on the road again against the Ravens, who are the more rested team, again as an underdog, wins that game. Now in the Super Bowl, again as an underdog against the San Francisco 49ers, the cream of the crop in the NFC. It's not as if someone fluked their way into the Super Bowl from the NFC. It is the best team from the conference from start to finish. To beat them with this team, I think that proves a lot. That's something that a lot of guys can't say they did. That is akin to what LeBron James did going from the wins in Miami to the win in Cleveland over the Warriors. The Miami wins, everyone kind of looked at it and said, well, yeah, it's a big three. You went to Miami, you joined Dwayne Wade, you had Chris Boss. Of course you were supposed to win. You told us you were going to win not five, not six, not seven. Of course you were supposed to win. But when he went back to Cleveland, and it wasn't an all-star team, and it wasn't a big three, and he took out the 73-win Golden State Warriors, that was just another step up for LeBron in in a situation where there weren't many more steps to climb on his way to the greatest. So... Like, we talked about the fact that Mahomes is never truly an underdog, but that's because of his greatness. And so that's why, to me, there's nothing to prove. Just the mere fact that he has gotten here with this group. Yeah. It, it is it is incredible to when you really consider that generally thinking, uh, generally speaking, nobody thought, that he was going to do this. Now, as far six as, weeks ago, they lost at home to the Raiders. Well, am, let me ask you this question: Am I being naive then to say that the window is open as long as he's here? Because this is what uh, Brent Veach said. Or Brett Veach said the Chiefs GM, because he's looking forward to this off season and thinking about what they have to do, and he's prioritizing re-signing Chris Jones and Legarius uh, Sneed called that a priority and he says sometimes I look at our situation and I'm like I don't know how we're going to do this but we usually work through things systematically and have a list of priorities certainly those two guys uh, are at the top of the list but when he says sometimes I don't know how we're going to do this dude it shouldn't be that hard to figure it out the quarterback is how you're going to do this and that's what you're relying upon quarterback costs quite a bit of money though they got to restructure that at some point and they've got to work around that. It doesn't mean they can't win, given Patrick Mahomes making absurd money, but this year, a little bit tougher than most. And we're looking at years in which you still have Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Mahomes not getting hurt. That's not always the case. Remember the 2008 Brady season? It all seems great until a guy tears up a knee, and then that's the end of the season. That could always happen. You got to deal with Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen, the rise of CJ Stroud, Jim Harbaugh, now with Justin Herbert. It's easy to say, as long as they have Mahomes, the window is open. It's what they put around Mahomes because he still has just enough to work his magic. But at some point, Travis Kelsey could retire. Travis Kelsey could get hurt. Imagine if he didn't have Kelsey this year. Oh what would God. happen? They're already operating on thin margins with the wide receiver unit. And even Kelsey didn't play great down the stretch of the regular season, but postseason, there he is. This, the, skill, the, the drafting has not been great. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a first-round pick. That is not working out very well. Sky Moore is nowhere to be found. He was supposed to take a big step forward this season. You got some free agency questions up coming up with key defensive players. Who knows how long Spags wants to hang around as your defensive coordinator? You're very lucky with the situation you have. It can turn instantaneously. 
It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, how someone ruined Lamar Jackson's chance at history. We are just getting started on this Super Bowl Friday on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the second time in his career, Lamar Jackson is the NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson fakes the toss to the right, throws across the middle. Touchdown! Zay Flowers! And the Ravens strike on back-to-back drives. And it is stunned disbelief here at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. After Lamar Jackson beat the 49ers, it was Lamar's award to lose. That was when mm-hmm. the race was over. Not just over for Brock Purdy, that was when it was solidified for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, there's one guy who's the problem. One guy. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius 6M Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Progressive, they're making things even easier. We're going to help you bundle your home and car insurance together and so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Uh, that guy is Aaron Schatz who is the chief analytics offer for, uh, officer for FTN Fantasy. He used to work at ESPN, correct? Correct. Founded Football Outsiders. Okay. Hell of a website. Let me throw that out there. It's a shame what happened to it. Why is he the problem? He is the problem because Lamar Jackson would have been the first two-time unanimous MVP in league history. He wasn't unanimous last night. Why? Aaron Schatz voted for Josh Allen to be the MVP of the league. I'd imagine you have a problem with this. He had Dak Prescott second. Oh, he didn't even put Jackson third. Or Jackson second. Did he have Jackson third? 
I don't know. Did he vote Jackson 30? Did it doesn't? Yeah. I mean, at that point, doesn't even matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's clear you're not in the Jackson camp, and that's quite all right. Yeah. Yes. It was Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes. That was his five. His top five. Now he did write about it. Which... Amazing what happens once you factor in the postseason. How ridiculous that sounds. That's not to blame him, but I'd love to see everyone's ballot and then include the postseason to be like, man, these ballots look terrible. Because once you actually count the games and they matter, mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, it's clearly Mahomes and Purdy actually had a hell of a season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that right. doesn't count. And so he did go to um, make his case throughout a, a a lengthy article, which I think was probably you know, the basis of doing this in the first place. A manifesto, perhaps. Perhaps Not far from it. You never want to be associated with a manifesto. Uh, well, not a lot of those guys. Those guys didn't end up doing all that well. This is associating him with a click, uh, because that's what I think he was searching for here. All right. Um, he goes through his numbers, his own numbers here at FTN. Now, listen, right, I hold on. I you feel can't like do that. Hang on. right there. It's going to be tough to side with you if you're going to mock. No, I'm not going to mock. But that's what you literally just did. All right, I am going to mock. Okay. Uh, I believe statistics have their place in the game. I do believe that more information is good. That's noble. What I don't believe in is taking aside what we can all see logically, throwing it away, and boiling it down to numbers. And so, and looking at Aaron Schatz's uh, voting here and his explanation. Uh, he starts talking about statistics called DIAR, which I'm sure most analytics peoples know, D-Y-A-R. I don't even know what that is. Uh, he starts talking about DEVOA, D-V-O-A. And I know that these are statistics that are uh, used by people in analytics yeah. and such. D-V-O-A, defensive value over adjustment. That's a famous metric created by him at Football Outsiders. Okay, so that that's good for him. Yeah. Uh, I can't dive into the weeds like this. When we're talking about voting for the MVP, when we're talking about you voting for somebody who had 18 interceptions during the regular season, I can't and turned it over, what, 23 times overall. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't with you. I can't because you are taking everything else that we can see logically as football people and understand uh, that that's wh- how we really should be looking at it. You can you can consider everything, but when you're only limiting what you're considering to these kind of statistics where you have to go so deep into it, I'm sorry. That it's just too much. To your point, if you want to be able to get this case across on behalf of, of shots, and I'm a big proponent of analytics. Yeah. Much more so than you. I have stood by this community. I embrace this community. I wish I knew as much as these guys did. They see the game in a very different way, and that stuff very much helps what I'm trying to do, which is find an edge betting on sports. Sure. So I am a big believer in this. The problem the community has had, and they've gotten better at this, but the problem they have, and this is especially in baseball, you need to make this digestible for people to understand. And that is the problem you're having right now, and it is completely understandable. Okay, when it so Joe's calling him, me an idiot, to be no, clear. No, right no, 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 no. Listen, I'll own that. No, I'm saying Schatz is 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 preaching at Harvard when he needs to be talking to the masses in Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. And I love Daytona Beach. I would love to be there, you know, Indies coming, or uh, 
Daytona 500 next Sunday. We'll have locks. We'll have locks. But he starts with this. He, he I trust my numbers. I just, I just had an image of myself in a T-shirt that was basically a woman's bikini yeah. in Daytona Beach. That's basically what you're calling. You'll fit right in. you fit right in. Sunburnt. Big Budweiser, not the 12 ounce, the 16 ounce in hand. And again, not mocking. I'm happy to join that crowd. Shot starts his argument with this. I trusted my numbers and my gut over going with the crowd just to avoid controversy. Okay, I get it. And then the next thing, 18 interceptions. I'll address that below. Mm, address that right now. Yeah. Start by addressing the biggest problem in the room, which is the fact that Josh Allen had way too many turnovers, 18 interceptions. Now, we all know the famous stat that about 70% of games are won by the team that wins the turnover battle. Everybody knows how important turnovers are in the game. We can digest that information. That's the problem with Allen's case is the turnovers. You need to address that immediately if you want to win anybody over. But instead, you start by saying, let's start with my own numbers here at FTN. Josh Allen narrowly finished second behind Brock Purdy in adjusted total DR, which is D-Y-A-R. I adjusted DR to what, reflect what? the fact I don't that even one know what DR. That is. See, you're lost. Exactly. I'm lost. We're all lost. No one's going to buy into your case because it's too difficult to understand. And I know in your position, you could say, well, you're all idiots, but there's a lot of us. Yeah. There's a lot of us who are idiots. You need to educate people on this so they can side with you. Because once you start teaching about people, teaching people about regression of the mean, how many people talk about that now in Sports Talk Radio? How many people use the term recency bias? You go back 15 years ago, go back to the years where you're on with Mike and the Mad Dog. You guys talk about recency bias a lot. No. Probably never once came up because no one knew what the hell it is. But you educate people on it. You show them examples. Then they can begin to understand. Then they can see your point. So you're talking about DR. You're talking about DVOA. You're losing everyone. Then we get to the bottom. What about the 18 INTs? Yes, Josh Allen threw 18 INTs. Did you know that all those interceptions already accounted for in all those advanced metrics that I listed in the table above? Nobody is ignoring the interceptions. The issue here is, A, Josh Allen's positive plays were worth so much more than his negative plays that he ends up with the most production despite the interceptions. Uh, what? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Again, he threw 18. Could you account for the 18? Stop telling me about the positive plays. Tell me about the negatives. Okay, Josh Allen's interceptions weren't as bad as you think they were because so many of them came way downfield. Oh. Oh, so an interception's not bad as long as it's down the field. Again, you lost your audience, and that's why no one's going to side with you. Aaron, in his mind, probably broke this down in a way that makes a lot of sense to him. And if he can find a way to convey this message to the people in a way that's digestible, they might side with him. This is not that way. And, and again, my mind is not close to, to, to statistics and trying to evaluate plays in a different way. I, I'm not going to dive in so far that I'm taking the human element out of it, which is what so much of this analytics feels like is going on, even if it's not, even if it's only because people are presenting it the wrong way. But to me, you are doing a disservice to the game when you are taking all of that and very specific statistics that don't account for anything else, and you are just using that to evaluate. Because, and I'm not saying that he was just using these stats to build his case, but we all know that numbers actually can lie. Numbers can well, lie. Well, you can present certain numbers in a certain way to make them lie. Yes. Exactly. It's on the presenter of that. It, exactly. To Aaron's point, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give him credit here. He put he puts the work in. 
He watches the games. He watches tape. He breaks it down. He tries to evaluate. We can disagree with his evaluation. He's putting in the work. Do you know how many people didn't even vote for Kobe Turner for Defensive Rookie of the Year last night? I do know this, yeah. That shows you a problem with the voting. That's very true. Kobe Turner was fantastic this year, and people were blindly betting for Jalen Carter and leaving this guy off their ballot. Those are people who were not paying attention to the game. They were not watching the game. They don't need advanced analytics to understand Kobe Turner deserved a much better result than he got last night so we can sit here and we can bang on shots for the way he lays this out he's watching the game and he's analyzing it there are some lazy voters lazy voters when it came to kobe turner i am not going to sit here and say the guy's not doing his work he is it just feels like the way that this was put together was too much focused around the numbers as opposed to everything else at least that's the way it comes across so you you're right it it kind of goes back to your original point got to make this more digestible if you want people to take it seriously you, you really do one of the all-time great sports talk radio debates was the mike trout war versus miguel cabrera triple crown yeah it's one of the all-time greats and that's where war came into the forefront it didn't win but it started a movement and it started because it was digestible carlin versus joe espn radio series xm channel 80 christian mccaffrey has a chance to do something that has never been done in the super bowl before One guy came close. We'll tell you all about that next. We'll talk to him as well. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. You know, it's what we were talking about earlier with Andy Reid and Mahomes. Those two things go hand in hand. A coach in a place to help a guy be successful as opposed to somebody being set up to fail and a player with a lot of talent that gets matched up with a coach who can maximize. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's what it's about. So, Evan, to your point. <laughs> Here we go. Allow me to just directly address you. You're lost. You had no idea what you're talking about there. There's plenty of pressure on Brock Purdy, and just pay attention. How about that? Uh, I think we made our presence known on the morning show uh, over the course of the week. Hilarious. That was brilliant on your behalf. Well, it was not my idea, but it worked out. It worked out exceptionally well. I credit Pat Costello. If you don't know what we're talking about, 
It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. This morning on Unsportsmanlike, in case you missed it, and why would you? You'd be listening. Um, Pat Costello, uh, after earlier in the week, uh, because the show is on ESPN2 for the first couple hours before going over to ESPNU, uh, Pat every morning does the I'm over it segment. In other words, something he's over. And Pat yesterday was wearing a hat and a shirt and put a couple of signs up the wall, all said, your advertisement here. Yes, letting the people know, letting the businesses in corporate America know that he is for sale. He yes. is happy to serve as a human billboard. Yes, and so for those who might be watching on the ESPN app right now, you'll see Pat going through the process. Uh, I was in the control room afterward, and I said, you know, Pat, that was a tremendous bit this morning. I thought it was very funny. And he's like, and we started chuckling around back and forth, and he said, yeah, we should sponsor your show. And he's, oh, no, no, no. We should sponsor your segment. So I gave Pat 20 bucks. Pat threw on a hat, a T-shirt, and a couple of things on the wall, all of which said Carlin versus Joe, and he sold the hell out of our show, and it annoyed Evan to no end. It was brilliant, and that story, fun fact, similar to how Einstein came up with the theory of relativity. Exactly. Same thing. Collaborative in a radio control room. Yeah, I believe radio, that happened for Radio him. control room, 25, 30 seconds, whole thing got worked out. Does it ever um, get, does it ever inspire awe that you get to sit next to this kind of brilliance? I thought it was fantastic that you came <laughs> up with it. Pat executed very well, though, this morning. You did. Because you were on with them, and they're here in person, and it was fantastic to see them. I was in with them in person, and to see Pat dressed like that, and then to sell it the way he did... Dare I say best $20 you ever spent? Oh, easily. Easily. I have to imagine you've spent $20 on far less intelligent Rewarding decisions. Rewarding things? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I would have you, said it was the producer parlay, but... <laughs> we didn't actually spend it. I, I, spent, I spent what I needed to spend on that, which I believe I was told you guys were going to put one together for the Super Bowl. I said, I'm game for one more. But Are no. we doing that? We, we no. might not have, actually. Uh, Did not happen? They, they, they might have forgot. They're downtrodden and broken. They Top went through the entire season. It was a nice effort. We'll, we'll revisit it. We'll revisit it in the future. We broke them. We would you have included them. Christian McCaffrey in the conversation? Because I, his props. He would have been in there. Yeah. Very explosive, and he's coming off a big night. Well, this is interesting. So last night, Christian McCaffrey was named Offensive Player of the Year. He is the first running back since Sean Alexander to lead the NFL in rushing and make the Super Bowl in the same season. Alexander did it in 2005 with the Seahawks when they lost to the Steelers in Detroit. That was Super Bowl 40. Back in the day when you had some real workhorse backs, Clinton Portis, Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes, they were dudes that were toting the rock 300-plus. Clinton was getting over 400. There were a lot of carries back then. Well, Sean Alexander joins us right now for oh, more on this discussion. He, of course, was the MVP in 2005, and he is with us right now. Sean, it's Chris Carlin along with Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio. We appreciate the time. Let's just let's start here. It's Friday before the Super Bowl. What do you remember about what the Friday before the Super Bowl was like as a player, having all of your media responsibilities behind you, and now it's just you got time to kill before the game for two days. You know, Friday was always the red zone and uh, and short yardage and goal line, so that was like the day that I enjoyed the most. Uh, clearly, it was my uh, effectuation for touchdowns. And so, <laughs> so I just remember, you know, we'd already put it in uh, the week before, 
we were going back over it again, and I just thought, gosh, I'm going to score about five touchdowns if this thing goes right. And, um, and so that's on the field. But then off the field, you know, the family started coming in, and um, it was really cool because um, though I got to see them, everybody knew, like, this was going to be one of those great moments where they come in, but it's really about Sunday. And uh, the support that I had from my family, you know, my wife and I, we had three kids at that time. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, my, there's, gosh, my, I have like 30-something first cousins. You know, y'all got to see Derek Barnes with the Detroit Lions. He's, he's one, of the, one of my cousin's kids, you know what I mean? And so uh, we're just a football family, a, a faith family, and, um, and we knew that this was the biggest football moment in our lives. So it was a lot of excitement and a lot of joy. You know, my partner Carlin here had just mentioned that Christian McCaffrey is the first running back since you to lead the league in rushing and make it to the Super Bowl. That's a big gap between the year you did it, 2005, and the current year, 2023, into the 2024 Super Bowl. Why do you think that is? Why do you think our rushing champ is very rarely on the team that represents his conference in the Super Bowl? Well, one, I just think that the teams run the ball a lot less. Uh, overall, but um, and I think that that's from how coaching is. When coaches started getting paid the kind of money, there was this thought process in a lot of coaches that said, "I gotta, I gotta earn my, I gotta earn my pay." So what they do, uh, you know, Coach Hummel used to say, "Man, it's hard for me to just turn around and give you the ball thirty times because I feel like I'm just letting you let you do it." But uh, but uh, in actuality, um, you get that, you understand. But the reality is, is that was what was best for our team, and so. Um, coaches now, they come in thinking, okay, maybe if I get this double seam, if I get this move, this safety with the quarterback's eyes, and that's their idea of coaching. So what happens to the guys that are 6'1", you know, 220-some uh, pounds, they add on about 20 more pounds and they play linebacker, <laughs> you know? And so, yep. so that's what's happening. So now you've got a bunch of guys that are a little bit lighter playing, uh, playing uh, uh, running back. And, uh, and so now you've got a two-point in because – you got to have a little bit of a little bit of uh, extra weight to be able to take that many carries, and when you split it up, you know now everybody's getting six hundred or seven hundred instead of somebody pulling up with sixteen, you know, sixteen. Uh, so, so that's the difference. And um, and most of the times, it takes a great defense to, uh, to go out there and perform instead of the running back keeping the uh, the teams off the field with great defense. Now it's just like without score, everybody. Sean Alexander, the 2005 NFL MVP, joins us. Speaking of McCaffrey, what stands out to you about his game? Man, he's got great lateral movement. He is way stronger than what people even understand, you know. So for dude to be so small, uh, you know, hey, I just walked by my brother Steve Smith. What's up, baby? And uh, yes, man. And so, uh, so uh, it's uh, it's just he's just got great lateral movement. He got got great strength. He bursts through the holes. Um, He's got that passion to win. And you want to say everybody has it. Pachinko does definitely with the Kansas City's running back. But you got the ultimate battle of two different types of running backs. One is the angry runner, and one of them is the smooth side-to-side, get upfield, get the positive yard on every carry. Um, those, that's what makes the game great. But uh, Christian's the full package, man. I, I, I remember when he was a freshman at Stanford, his uh, running back coach was Lance Taylor. Uh, who's now the head coach of Western Michigan. Well, Lance was a, a freshman in Alabama when I was a senior. And so he called me up while I'm in the pros, and he's the running back coach for Stanford, and says, hey, bro, we got us one here. I said, who, the white boy? He was like, man, watch him play. And so <laughs> I began to give him tips and send texts to him, hey, you're doing this well, keep it going. And uh, it's just been awesome to watch him mature and continue to get better. Sean Alexander, 
NFL running back joining Carlin and Joe here on ESPN Radio. All right, want to ask you a question. Super Bowl record for most rushing yards belongs to Timmy Smith, who did it with Washington against the Broncos January 31st, 1988. 30-1 to 1 are the odds in Las Vegas that someone in this game rushes for more than that, 205 or more yards. Could McCaffrey or Pacheco reach 205 yards in this game? No, the game's not going to go like that. <laughs> How do you see it going? Well, one, I, you you got to give credit to Kansas City's defense. Like, they are, like, playing, like, top five ever. And so it's just almost odd. You don't even think about them. Like, you you know, you got – like, the, they're only giving up. Like, it's less than 17 points. That's like the Seahawks, uh, the 85 Bears, that uh, – uh, gosh, that the, the, the Ravens. You know, it's like those great – you know, you, you think of those great defenses like that. And then it's like the Kansas City Chiefs of 2023. You're like, no way they're in that conversation. Um, so – they they do that, and so I don't I don't think I'm going to see them giving up that kind of run. It's going to be some great plays, but to get that kind of yardage, there has to be some big big um, bust on defense that somebody gives up a long run. I just don't see either defense doing that. Sean Alexander with us. Uh, listen, I don't mean to bring up sore topics, but I do want to get a feel for your feelings. Uh, what 17, 18 years later? In fact, a friend of mine just sent me a text that said happy anniversary because we're Steelers fans. And oh. We were at that game, Sean. Yeah. So, would you agree with me at this point that it was clearly holding on Sean Locklear and that Ben Roethlisberger, of course, did get into the end zone? So, um, number one, Ben fumbled on the one. Uh, number two, Daryl Jackson did not have pass interference, so we're up seven to nothing. And uh, number three, uh, if all that did happen, the score is fourteen to ten, and now we got the ball on the one yard line, and you know who's going to get the ball three times yeah. in a row until we score. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, Sean, if ifs and buts yeah. were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's it. Hey, that's it. So you guys just, you guys just say congratulations to my big brother, Jerome Better. You know what I mean? That's not how it went. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, but if it, but if it would, oh, how mighty it would have been. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sean, when you uh, think about uh, your career and how it would translate today, how different would it be for you with the way the game is right now? Uh, I'd probably wear less shoulder pads, small shoulder pads, and I'd probably get rid of the elbow pads so I had to catch more balls. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but honestly, I don't think that it would have changed because I think every coach would have saw the, the skill and, uh, and they would have found ways to do that because um, the way I played benefited. benefited. And so there are still guys that, that play the game in certain kind of ways that you say – um, their talent is worthless shift in how we're going to do our offense. Sean, uh, you're here promoting the Stand Together Foundation, philanthropic, uh, philanthropic organization that breaks the cycle of poverty in America by driving change within communities. Tell us about your work with them. Oh, man, I've been partners with uh, Stand Together Foundation for about four or five years now. Wow. And, uh, and it's about 800 of some of the most successful businessmen, women, and philanthropic leaders in the country. And they, uh, they put their time, their talents, their treasures together to tackle some of the country's biggest issues. And one of them I, I just really felt a part of, which was the, the juvenile justice. And so Cafe Momentum is a foundation. It's a, uh, it's a restaurant that gives kids a, a year paid internship. Uh, basically, these kids, instead of going to juvenile, uh, the juvie, uh, they um, they actually come and work for the school and work for the thing and with uh, for the restaurant. And what they've done is they've turned the restaurant into um, 
more than just a restaurant. There's a psychologist, social workers. I, I call it, they put their aunties and uncles around these kids. And, and what we're seeing is recidivism for our country is about 45, 50% depends on the city. That means that they'll go back to prison. But the kids that, uh, that uh, actually go through casting momentum, recidivism is 11%. And so I told Chad Hauser, the, the, the award-winning uh, um, chef that uh, started it, I said, Chad, let's put one in every NFL city. And, uh, and uh, so now we have one in uh, Pittsburgh. We have one in uh, – you guys should love that. Uh, we have one in, uh, in uh, Nashville. Uh, the Broncos, they put, uh, put a bunch of money in. So we'll, we're, we'll have the Broncos up, one in Denver, by the end of 2024. Atlanta, Atlanta also. And uh, we're just moving all the way through uh, – uh, we're just moving all the way through. Uh, we'll have Houston, Miami, Tampa, and L.A. probably in 2025. And the goal is simple. We started in Dallas with one. We got to three. We'll go from three to six, six to 12, and eventually we'll have every city in the NFL. That's awesome, Sean. Thanks so much. We appreciate it, and best of luck with this Dinner Together Foundation. Hey. Hey, thank you, and I know that's from the bottom of my heart. Go Hawks. Twenty-one <laughs> ten, your final Super Bowl forty. Uh, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio analysis has been done. It's time for the picks. Super Bowl fifty-eight next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Well, here we are. Super Bowl weekend. Your regular season champs, Carlin versus Joe, rolling through the entire year. I got problems here as they bring the trophies in. Cam Pratt. Ah, here we go. The trophies. Handed us our regular season trophy, which... Again, over an 18-week period in which we had to pick three games a pop is a nice, full, robust trophy. Looks good. I like it. Here's my issue. We got five weeks of the postseason, and the postseason trophy is the same size as the regular season trophy. Now, this is not like the NFL, where the postseason is truly what matters. The regular season is about the journey, the long journey, to get a championship. And they have the audacity, the unmitigated goal, to make the trophy for the postseason the same size. You make a fair point about the regular season here not being similar to the regular season in the NFL. Not because at all. if you look at the amount of picks and the amount we were up, you made more money. We ran away we, well, with it's, it. It's not, it's not even that. It's not even that. If you look, what was the, does anyone remember the overall record? The, the, the wins were so much greater than the losses. We turned such a heavy profit on it. There was no way in the postseason to turn as big a profit because there just weren't as many games. Yeah. So you should have the one made of money and the other made of, I don't know, Bitcoin surging, but still. How about the, the plastic that it's made of? People are suspect of it. Ah, uh, yeah. The plastic is this even real of. wood? I don't even know if this is real wood in the base. This is all right, though. Uh, one of the reasons we clearly knocking the postseason trophy, I think we're out of contention for the postseason trophy. We are. We are out of contention okay. with it. You know what? 
let's just get to it because if if truly the postseason and the championship is all that matters, maybe we can do it here. Super Bowl 58, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, one and a half point favorites. Joseph, what do you got? Are we just doing the side here? Do we have the standings? Are we doing any of the standings? Giving anyone any of the details Amber of how this and is playing Ian, out? I believe, are in first place right now. Good for them. Yeah. Nice surge. I would say the pick for me when this one, I'm not locked. I got a lot of props I love. I'm on the side of the 49ers here. I've watched them win two playoff games playing C football. What actually happens if the Niners bring their A game to the table? Kansas City has been very good. Kansas City has been very formidable. I like the Niners in this one. I can be persuaded to go the other way. I kind of like the Chiefs in this one, but you, when we have gone with you consistently all year, you have been right when we have been kind of down the middle here. So I am going to ride with you, and this will actually go well at home with my wife as a Niners fan. We do need total points as a tiebreaker here, though. So what do you got? The the number itself is 47 and a half. Is this Price is Right rules? Yes, it is. So Price do we want right to go rules. one, go possibly over. two? No, Total's because- 47. I'd play just under that. Then I'd play around 45. Agreed. Let's go 24-21. Wow, you put literally no thought into any of this, did you? No, I you did. You just agreed with me on both things. You no, did no, no. literally I thought, I thought, nothing. I thought this was a 24-20 type game. That's all. You could have thrown that out rather than just been like, agreed. Well, listen, I'm just trying that to be efficient. extraordinarily lazy. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.